0: You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a podcast all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant based veganism for a mind body spirit approach to living healthily and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely earthling friends. It is I, your host, Rebecca Henson. This is episode 54 of the podcast and I hope this episode finds you well. I hope you are happy and healthy and trying to live your life being the best version of yourself. Um, And before we jump into the podcast, I just want to say if you have not already subscribed to the podcast Right now would be a great time. You can also like and share. This helps with SEO. It helps other people find the podcast so they can listen to the same stuff that you're listening to. Um, also, you can sign up for my newsletter. It is at my website, therefinedhippie.com. They're on the front page. You can sign up. I send secret recipes and tips and things like that. Uh, a couple times a month, I am definitely going to gear up on that more as time goes on, but be sure to get in on that. So also I just want to say, you know, Thanksgiving is next week and I am so grateful for you and this podcast. I'm grateful for the people that it has enabled me to meet and connect with and share different stories and different information And I am just so grateful for for you and for your support. Also, I know the holidays can be a difficult time for those who are fully plant-based. And if that is the case, no, you're not alone. And if this is new for you, it does get easier. Thankfully, this year is going to be a fully vegan Thanksgiving for me. I am extremely excited to not have to be around any of that and as i have said to you know my friends and family that to me being grateful for the life that i have and showing thanks is by keeping another being off my plate no one has to lose their life for me to show my gratitude and to recognize how fortunate i am so it's going to be very happy and exciting um But again, if this is not the case for you, do not get down. I know that it can be very difficult, especially, like I said, if it's the beginning of your journey. There can often be relatives who, of course, don't understand and have a lot of questions and have a lot of cliche questions, which can be frustrating sometimes. But you're not alone. We've all been there. Um, And if you're not fully plant-based, but you're perhaps exploring it more or making more dishes that are plant-based. I applaud you. Thank you for choosing compassion, um, and choosing to have an open mind and an open heart. Again, I always say that those are the, the key to everything I think really, and the key to having a better society and just a more open dialogue and open to new ideas, uh, and so I applaud you for sure. Um, so we are just going to hop right in to the podcast today. It is with my friend April Moore from Happy Healing Vegan. I met April naturally through the interwebs, one of the greatest places to meet people these days. <laughs> she is on the other side of the country for me, but she is a plant-based vegan advocate, She's also an activist for the animals, but her journey began from a place of distress, like a lot of us. She was sick with Lyme disease. She had explored being vegetarian for years, but went through some challenges. So we're going to discuss the problem, the challenges she faced, of course, her Lyme disease, the different Healing modalities she tried and what eventually worked for her. Uh, She is also a fitness instructor, so we touch on that a little bit. We talk about activism, how to get involved, how to be an advocate for change and the animals, her experience being an activist. We also discuss tips for going plant based and just starting a plant-based journey in general. It is an excellent interview. April is such an inspiration. So without further ado, here is my interview with the lovely April Moore.
1: Hey, April. Hi, Rebecca.
0: Hi, welcome. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I was just telling you, um, but I'll tell you online also that I feel like I have been listening to you forever. And honestly, this is a dream come true to be on your podcast. So thank you so much
0: for inviting me. Well, thanks for coming on. I, I, um, I was thinking about it earlier that, you know, obviously we met, I suppose, on social media and this is one of the the, um, the perks, the, the pluses, because there's a lot of downfalls on social media for, you know, for sure. But I have been able to meet so many amazing people. And then the fact that we are actually chatting in real life right now is really exciting. So
1: I know, I love it. I'm so excited. And you're on the opposite side of the country. So it's very cool.
0: <laughs> I know. So you are in San Diego. I am. Are you, yeah. are you from there? Um, I
1: was born in Boulder and right. moved to San Diego when I was about seven and have been here ever since. So, you know, just a couple of years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just a little. One or two. Just a wee bit. Yeah. And, and we're
1: about 20 miles outside of San Diego
0: oh, and it's
1: holy. just absolutely gorgeous. It's about 93 degrees right now. I'm sitting outside. Oh. It's beautiful.
0: Stop it. I You're know. I know. <laughs> So we are having like a cold, it's going to be warmer later this week. I think it's going to be in the seventies, but right now it is super cold. I'm like in a Patagonia and like these really thick socks and it's horrible and I hate it. So, oh
1: my goodness. What's funny is we want that here. We're like, come on, we <laughs> just want some rain and fall weather. I want to wear my sweaters. The uh, grass so. is always
0: greener, girl. I mean, <laughs> I, know. I would die for night. I I love the heat. So I like despise the cold. I mean, I can tolerate it for a tiny little bit. Just I me mean, just some crisp, cool weather sounds sounds fine, but you know, oh cold. No thanks. No thanks. Well you are welcome to come visit anytime <laughs> Thanks. <you want. laughs> Maybe I'll take you up on that how long this lasts.
1: Oh my gosh. Absolutely.
0: And then we were chatting, you have a puppy on top of Oh, I do, I do.
1: So if I have a hard time getting my words out, um we adopted her about 5 months ago and oh. I don't think we have had a good night of sleep ever since. <laughs> um I love her more than anything, but raising a puppy has been one of the most exhausting things I have ever done. We don't have
0: human children. Um, But a puppy is like having, I mean, gosh, yeah, from what I've heard, at least (laughs) it's
1: kind of similar, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's so incredibly sweet, but it is just go time all day long and pretty much all night long as well. (laughs) What's her name? Her name is Lexi.
0: Lexi. Oh my gosh.
1: She's a sweetheart. She was a rescue from Mexico. (gasps) <gasps> oh. So, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, we actually have two. We have an older girl who is almost 6 years old and she is also a rescue from Mexico. Um mm. and her story is really sad cuz they actually found her in a plastic bag in a dumpster. Yeah, a sealed plastic bag. Um who are somebody these heard her crying. I know, isn't it
0: horrible? It's really so, astonishing, yeah.
1: We are very lucky because they are just the best of friends and it's so, so wonderful. But like is there said, an organization really that
0: like um, that, that rescues them from Mexico or?
1: Yeah, we actually, it's really cool. The woman in charge is a vegan activist here in San Diego nice. and we rescued Lexi from her. Um, our other girl, Layla, actually came from uh, a group at PECO. Aww. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. But Mexico is so close that they just cross sure. the border yeah, and then right. bring them back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they're incredibly
0: wonderful. But, oh my gosh. But yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Every time I see a puppy, I'm like, oh, I want a puppy. I have two cats and cats are so easy. They're like, you know, super low maintenance. You know, we go off for a weekend and just put out enough food and they're fine oh, but my yeah a puppy is like a whole different planet I feel like then oh
1: yeah we <laughs> literally haven't left the house I mean we're going through the pandemic right now also when we're Obviously, recording yes. this but right. um yeah but we haven't left the house at all <laughs> So, yeah. mom and dad need a date night for sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes you do oh my gosh we'll get there <laughs> yeah yes So um, I know a little bit about your story, um, but we're gonna get into it. Uh, You you're vegan now, or plant based vegan Mm -hmm. now, but I think I read somewhere that maybe you had been off and on plant based vegan. Yeah, like growing up and stuff. Um, Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, So I grew up mostly vegetarian. Um, My mom was vegetarian, but then you know I as I grew up, it was like, I'm vegetarian, but I also eat chicken and (laughs) turkey. And then I'll have some pepperoni once in a while. So Mm. not vegetarian at all. Right. Um, I used to tell people, and I can't believe I used to say this, that it didn't bother me to eat chicken or turkey, which Mm. is just ridiculous. (laughs) But um, so then as I got older, I definitely dabbled with being vegan, but for one reason or another, it wouldn't work out and we can come back to those reasons later Mm -hmm. if you want. Um, But then finally in 2015 and 2016, I had three pretty big events that basically changed my life and um, made me finally go vegan for for good. Mm -hmm. So the first one in 2015, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease Um, And we can come back to that because that's a whole story right there. Yeah, Yeah. big story right there. (laughs) Exactly. And then um, in 2016, I had a really traumatic event happen. And I will try not to cry while I talk about this. But we lost the love of my life. My best friend, my fur baby, um, whose name was Jake, he got cancer pretty much out of the blue. Mm -hmm. And we had to put him to sleep. And I remember that last week, just watching him struggle and finally take his last breath. Mm -hmm. And I just swore to myself that I would never contribute to another animal suffering as Mm -hmm. long as I could. I mean, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then later that next year, I went to um, an animal sanctuary here in San Diego. And I met my first cow. (laughs) um and the woman who owns the sanctuary she's so great she goes around she gives a story about the animal that was rescued and where they came from and she explained the dairy industry to me and i had no idea what happened in the dairy industry and um the cow whose name is faith she (laughs) bent over and kissed my face Oh, and that was it. I swore that I would never eat cheese, no more milk, no more dairy for as long as I live. And yeah, it's been four years and I haven't looked back.
0: Um, The Jake story. So in, you know, before we started recording, you said we had a lot of similarities in 2016, my fur baby and the love of my life, the first, my first, my first companion animal that was purely mine, like, you know, that I, got as out, you know, after leaving the nest, um, I suppose I was in my, uh, mid twenties. Um, he, we found out that he had advanced heart disease. He had an enlarged heart and he, we had to put him down. It was like three days. It was like the fastest, most horrifying experience of one of them of my life. Like if, if I had to name like the top, you know, five traumatic things in my life, it would definitely be, be that. Um, so I can relate to that. Oh, I'm so um, sorry.
1: Was that a dog or a cat? A cat.
0: Sorry. His name was, yeah. His name was Cricket and, uh, Sir Jiminy Cricket was his full name. <laughs> so I, he love was, it. I always say, I was like, yeah, he was knighted and he was very regal. He was so fluffy. And whenever he would sit, he would cross his little paws and just like sit up. So just like so stoic and oh, oh. man, he was, he was the best. And he was like my little baby boy. So, um, how old was um, he? very young. He was, it was, um, a week before his sixth birthday. So it was definitely genetic. Um, and it was before it was mother's day weekend too. I mean, like literally like how just insane, you know, literally mother's day is when I, when he passed away. So, um, very traumatic. And I, you know, I'm, I can just empathize with, you know, for sure. Um, losing your little for
1: Oh well, they're part of your family. Oh,
0: no. Yeah, it's. Really and if they're traumatic. not, then I don't know who you are. <laughs>
1: just, no, I agree don't completely. Get a, don't get I an animal
0: com- if you're not. If they're not going to be part of your family, you know.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. they're amazing, and that's funny because I think that Jake thought that he was a cat, so. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Aww. how did? Yeah, why did so he think he, that? He just acted like a cat. <laughs> <That's> so cute. <laughs> So chill, but he also had more energy than any dog I've ever met. I mean, he was a puppy basically until his last week. So we, we pretty much didn't think we were going to lose him for, you know, another couple of years. And it just, it was such a fast week and it was horrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like a whirlwind. Yeah, Um, exactly. So the Lyme disease, did you, um, I know some people have, you know, dealt with, uh, going in and out of doctors for a long time, but oh my but you caught yours early. Yeah. No. no. So
1: I actually think I had mine for about three years before oh, wow. I oh, was what? diagnosed. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm a personal trainer and I was working at a gym, super crazy hours, like 14 hours every day. Oh. And yeah, it was awful. So I love the gym, great company, um, great people, but you're inside all the time with all those awful toxins and all mm. the chemicals. And mm. I wasn't sleeping well, I wasn't eating well. And I just think that that really um, brought on all of the symptoms. So mm. for me, the worst symptoms that I had were, well, first of all, the worst digestive issues ever. Mm. Um, so I was teaching fitness classes at the time, too, and I would literally be curled up in a ball on my left side trying to instruct <laughs> my students.
0: Oh my gosh. Um,
1: it was horrible, but then I also had really bad muscle pain in my legs. My calves would lock up. And I can barely walk, like literally walking from our couch to our kitchen was almost impossible. Um, Horrible fatigue all the time and insomnia and anxiety and brain fog and headaches. I mean, the list truly goes on. And I was really really lucky because if people don't know anything about Lyme disease, it can range from, you know, having mild fever to having seizures and possibly dying from it. Mm. So the fact that my symptoms were, I mean, they were horrible, but they were pretty mild compared to what they could have been. So um, I think I probably had it for about three years. I didn't really go to the doctor. I was like, oh, I can fix this on my own. And then I finally started going to the doctor over and over and they did all kinds of tests. They were doing, you know, ultrasounds on my legs Mm -hmm. and um, running tons of blood tests and they could not find anything over and over and
0: over. And yeah. then, um, finally, so it is the, so it is the classic story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, so this frustrating. Is, everyone I know who's had Lyme disease, this is how the, the pretty much the standard for, you know, what they dealt with. Um, and depending on how, I mean, some of them, one of my earlier episodes, the lady had it for like, I don't know, 15 years or something like, Oh
1: my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Well, it can be passed too. That's what's really scary Mm. is if your mom has it, she can pass it to you and you may not have symptoms until later in life. At (sighs) least this is what I've found in research. And, oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't know that. I'd never, yeah.
1: Yeah. And what's really scary is there just isn't a lot of information out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So my doctor finally, and I love him. He's wonderful. And he finally said, Hey, I don't think you have this, but let's test you for it, anyways, because we can't find anything else. So they tested me for it. And I remember very specifically, he called me in October of 2015. And he said, Yeah, you have Lyme disease. And he kept calling it acute Lyme disease. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's nothing cute about Lyme disease. <laughs> but what he meant is you can either have uh-huh. acute or chronic. Right. And we caught it early enough. So it was acute. Definitely but he the said, kind one. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. was great. But he said, you know what? You're probably going to have symptoms from this for the rest of your life, uh-huh. even though we caught it early. So I went on two weeks of um, antibiotics. And, oh, I also wanted to say, he also told me, you probably know more about Lyme disease than I do. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes you feel really good, Wow. Right? <laughs> okay.
0: I'm going to feel super confident about everything you say next, not, like exactly. what? Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so I went on antibiotics for two weeks and felt some relief and then everything started coming back. Mm. Um all of the symptoms that I was having before. So yeah, it was really, really, really frustrating. But I remember, and I hadn't gone vegan yet. I remember at this point, just lying in bed and, you know, you feel super vulnerable and um, that victim mentality starts to go through your head and you're like, why me? And I remember laying in bed and just crying and just thinking how bad the pain was that I also never wanted anybody else to experience it. Mm-hmm. I never wanted an animal to go through this. I never wanted an, another human being to feel the way that I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just remember that very, <laughs> very clearly. Very, yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. I mean, super traumatic.
1: Yeah. So um, I got very lucky. We knew somebody who was close to my husband who had also suffered from Lyme. And she gave us information about a chiropractor in San Diego. Um, So I started seeing him. He had pretty much healed her. So I started going through all of his treatment. And he was wonderful. And I have so much respect for him. However, (laughs) I was taking something like 95 pills every day. (laughs) Yeah. And they they were all herbal. You know, none of them were antibiotics or anything like that. But 95 pills every day.
0: Those were from him?
1: Those were from him. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And insurance doesn't cover any of this. No.
0: Mm -mm.
1: So, you know, spending thousands of dollars every time you go in for an hour long appointment. Jeez. Um, So it literally crushed our savings and I I wasn't really getting any relief. Um, And the diet, I was only allowed to eat wild rice and then basically all of the meat that I wanted. Um, so I was eating a ton of chicken and eggs Mm -hmm. and very little vegetables and very little fruit. Yeah. 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 So how long did you, how
0: long did you do that protocol?
1: Gosh, I honestly don't remember. I want to say four to five months.
0: Oh gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, did you have, so was there a breaking point that you're like, I'm not doing this anymore? I
1: just remember being so frustrated. Oh, you know what happened is that's when Jake died. So Uh, um, we decided to start treating Jake and we were taking our savings and we were spending it in that direction. mm -hmm. So I took a break from my treatment so that we could try to help him.
0: Mm -hmm. So this whole time you were still, you were still having pain and whatnot and all your
1: horrible pain like every day pretty much every day. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't eat anything. I mean, it didn't matter what I ate. I was just miserable. Mm -hmm. Miserable. So... Yeah. So um, what finally happened is I have a really good friend who is also now vegan, and we were both health coaches. We had gone through the school of IIN together, mm-hmm. and she was following this guy called Medical Medium. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've heard of him. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and he had an episode about Lyme disease. Nice. And he pretty much believes that Lyme disease stems from Epstein-Barr, uh-huh. and you can have Epstein-Barr as a child, and then by the time you get to my age, 30s, 40s, if it hasn't left your body, you start developing all these symptoms, mm-hmm. which can show up as a positive Lyme disease test. Mm-hmm. So some people may think that he is totally crazy because he swears that everything comes from
0: spirit. Woo. woo. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's not very, um, evidence or science based. However, I was at this point where I was like, I will try anything.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I bought one of his books and it was called life changing foods. And I just started incorporating all of the foods that he recommended for Lyme disease. And, um, Coincidence, (laughs) they were all plant based, (laughs) and within a month, I was feeling much better.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, that's incredible! Amazing, I love him, and I think you know, the whole like woo woo thing, or I mean, people could say that literally about anything, but if you try something, I mean, I just think that you know, having an open mind and just trying it, if it works, then. I don't need all this data, although there is lots of data as far as like plant based diet goes. But like yeah. I don't need it if I see the results myself, you know? Exactly. Exactly.
1: And it's worth a try. It's not gonna hurt. Exactly. To start eating plants and see yeah. if it works out.
0: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah. And it did. I mean literally within thirty days my digestive issues were almost completely gone.
0: Oh my gosh. And so yeah. like Matt today, like you don't have any symptoms.
1: Um, what's really crazy is the full moon seems to really affect things, which is very fascinating. So once in a while I will have a little bit of pain in my legs and in my feet, Mm -hmm. but it's only around the full moon, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but otherwise I feel really good. I have tons of energy and you know, once in a while I have a digestive issue, but I just think that's stress and everyday life. Yeah. I mean,
0: who doesn't have them every, I mean, but you shouldn't be like, oh my God, I'm dying because like one day like, or a couple of days. I mean, it happens.
1: Yeah. No, I feel so much better and I'm almost 40 now, um, which I'm kind of dreading, but just a number anyways. And I and you look was, great. So thank you. But you know, I was in my thirties or early thirties at that time. And I feel so much better now. I mean, I have more energy now than I did then. So
0: yeah, it's amazing absolutely. how changing
1: your diet just impacts so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you talk so, about, I, Oh, go ahead. Like, yeah. Like eating the, you know, I did that. I did the paleo diet. Um, and was eating like roti- organic rotisserie chicken and oh all this gosh. kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, and, and I just got worse. So, <laughs> um, but looking back, I mean, at that time, you know, you just, you're desperate to, to do something that'll heal you. Um, yeah. because looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I mean, doing the whole ghee thing and, uh, I was making, bone oh, yeah. broth. I mean, but I felt conflicted about it. Because I had already started watching like the documentaries and things, which I've oh. talked about that. Um, but you know, in my mind, it's just like you saying that you were eating chicken, chicken and turkey, and you didn't feel bad about it. I mean, that was all like marketing and brainwashing that you know certain animals aren't worthy. You know, oh, chickens and turkeys—they're dumb. Which. They're not, so they're not not at all. I mean, sure, there's a spectrum. They're they're not chimpanzees or anything, or you know, pigs who are super super intelligent, but that they that they are smart. So, (laughs) and again, I I don't think that it means somebody should die just because they're not as smart as somebody else. (laughs) Like (laughs) exactly, exactly.
1: No, and I think too, just being a personal trainer, we we're always told to eat. Turkey and chicken and fish. Protein. You know, you're supposed to eat the lean meat, and it's all conditioning and marketing.
0: All conditioning and and the protein thing, which you know we could talk about till we're blue in the face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that um and that is such like so deep seated in people. Um, and I don't. know, I think I. I what I and I need to look up who the actual doctor is, but you know, the reason that that came about was from a study in the 1800s. There was one doctor who did a study and whatever, you know, the criteria of the study was, had his conclusion was that, you know, protein from meat was superior. And ever since it, that was one freaking study. And ever since then, it just stuck, you know, and like people are still in this paradigm of like meat equals protein, protein equals meat. And, And once you can like break through that, you're like, what? It's amazing, (laughs) isn't
1: it? Yeah. It's amazing. Well, and that's part of the reason you asked if I had gone vegan earlier and why it didn't stick. And that was honestly part of the reason why it didn't stick the first time that I tried Mm. to go vegan Mm -hmm. because I was working at the gym, that same gym at that point, and Honestly, I was doing vegan completely wrong. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I didn't want to be eating animals. Right. So I basically ate nothing but tofu because um, <laughs> I knew that vegans ate tofu, right? So I was eating tofu literally for breakfast, lunch. Dinner. Oh my God. I would cut it up and saute it in like coconut oil, and I would eat little pieces as a snack.
0: Um, oh my God, you I got was, sick of it, right? Were you just like- "Oh, well, well, I
1: was really sick. I actually, it was giving me UTIs. Ears. Oh no. I was horrible. I think I was probably only eating about 500 calories a day <gasps> and literally on my feet for 14 hours every day. And I remember driving to work and I was just bawling my eyes out, which by the way, don't cry and drive. That's not safe. Um, but I it was talking to my best. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my best friend and I just said, I don't know what to do. I really don't want to eat animals, but I feel horrible. And she was like, you need to eat protein. You need protein. I don't know where else you're going to get it. And I would go back and I would start eating chicken. And honestly, I would feel really good, but it didn't have anything to do with the fact that I was eating meat. It had to do with the fact that I was actually eating calories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you were deprived. (laughs) Yeah, I could have gotten out a veggie burger and probably felt
0: just as great. Yeah. Um, but
1: the conditioning was so, so ingrained. Yeah.
0: Well, and in the fitness community, I've talked about this with other people before. I mean, the, I mean, if anything, you know, your peers in the fitness community would, you know, make fun of you or be like, what are oh, you yeah. doing? Why are you eating this, you know, rabbit food or whatever, you know? Exactly. Exactly. No,
1: it's horrible. Which, like, gets I'm to you so every time. I'm so ashamed of <laughs> You know, just some of the things that I told my clients at that time oh. about eating white meat, and as a personal trainer, you get literally like uh, very little to no nutrition training. It's yes. all hearsay, so yeah. we should not be recommending no any nutrition advice. You know,
0: heck, that's just like doctors, girl. I mean, I know, you know it's so I sad, know. but people look to both of those. They look to doctors and they look to personal trainers for guidance because, and it should be, I mean, it should be required for both of the, both of those things, but, you know, at the same time, like who is going to come up with that curriculum for nutrition? I mean, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be big pharma or, you know, big ag who's going to come up with the, you know, with the guidelines? Because I mean, the United States dietary guidelines still has You know, milk on it, for gosh sakes, which is exactly so antiquated and you know, archaic at this time. Um, and even like I think because Canada changed what was that last year or two years ago? Yeah, they changed their plate, yeah, yeah. and put beans and stuff on there, not just like a big chunk of meat, like for protein.
1: No, I know. <laughs> Hopefully
0: someday we'll get there. I know. I, it's going to happen, but, you know, it's just it just gets blocked because these, um, you know, corporations have so much money, I mean, and control. So,
1: you know, know. It's really
0: sad. It's yeah. really sad.
1: Yeah. And there are so many people out there who are so sick and it could just be changed with their diet. I mean, I go back to being a child and mostly in high school. And I was – so sick. My dad used to joke because every Wednesday I would stay home from school and he'd be like, Oh, it must be Wednesday again. But (laughs) you know, I had mono, I had allergies, uh, I had asthma, I had mm -hmm. the worst periods, Mm -hmm. um, acne. I mean, you name it. Like I had it all and I'm sure it was mostly because of what I was eating.
0: But the the sad thing to that is that those are considered you know, they're so common that they, mm-hmm. that they make them out that they're normal, but they're not normal, you know? No, exactly. Yeah.
1: exactly. Know. No, we people don't sick. know how to feel good.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, our country and most first world countries who eat like us are extremely sick or they're becoming more sick because they eat like us. I mean, it's, hello people. <laughs> like, I know it breaks my heart. <laughs> I know. I know. So I mean, yeah, so
1: that's why I know you did the same thing. I just realized after my illness that I wanted to be able to help as many people as I could. I mean, number one, I am totally vegan for the animals first and foremost. If I had to eat nothing but potatoes for the rest of my <laughs> life, I
0: would. Me too, girl. Me too. There's <laughs> nothing that can happen in my life that would, that would make me go back and eat Dead animals. I mean, no. Yes, good. No,
1: no. Good. But then I also realized that I really want to be able to help people feel better yes. and have more energy and have their joints stop hurting, and get rid of no. those digestive issues and all their allergies. Um, so, yeah, so that's when I turned to holistic health. And
0: yeah. now I
1: just try to learn everything that
0: I possibly can. I know, right?
1: I yeah. Mean,
0: yeah. So, you also became an activist. I did. I did.
1: I became an activist pretty much right after going vegan.
0: Wow. Um, Well, you're in like the perfect place for that. I mean, California has so many sanctuaries, right? I mean, take your pick.
1: (laughs) We do. We have two uh, that are kind of local. It takes me about an hour and a half to get to each one of them. Oh yeah. Um, but it's completely worth it. They're so amazing. And then we do have a lot of activism here
0: mm-hmm.
1: in San Diego, which is really wonderful. But I just couldn't, there was something in my bones. Like I could not sit on my couch and not do something bigger than just stop eating animals. I mean, that's huge. And I hope that so many more people do that, but I had to get out and speak to people about it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah,
1: so I joined, we didn't have a chapter here when I first went vegan, but probably about six months after I went vegan, they opened a chapter of Anonymous for the Voiceless. Mm. And we had two chapters, um, one in San Diego and then a North County chapter. Mm. And I started volunteering for the North County chapter and fell in love with it. And then a few months later became an organizer for them.
0: So what does that entail? Like what type of... Uh, you know, events or whatnot do y'all do? Yeah. That? So what they
1: do is something called a cube of truth and it's almost like an art exhibit. It is super, super peaceful. You're not yelling at people. You're not throwing blood on Fargo. <laughs> um, but basically you stand in a cube and we have screens that show hmm. what happens to the animals before they end up on our plate. Oh, um, it's, that part of it is really hard but and then there are people on the outside that we call outreachers and they're the ones that are talking to the people that stop by and watch the footage and it's very like I said it's very peaceful we don't yell at people and we only approach them if they want to talk to us Mm -hmm. so there's no pressure and um you like you were discussing Earthling Ed on your last podcast. Yeah, I love it's him Very so much. similar to what he does. So yeah. we're using the Socratic method and we're asking people questions that help them basically come up come with the learn. answers by yeah.
0: themselves. So, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is, that form of activism is the most impactful, I think, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't scare people away. I mean, I think that a lot of times people are curious about it or, you know, they come up because they are... I, they get defensive, you know, I think that that's, yeah. um, that's, uh, often, uh, I guess when you, when you think of cognitive dissonance, uh, there's several different, um, scenarios of how people react and, and often, you know, defense, getting defensive is one. Mm-hmm. um, But yeah, I mean, are you one of the ones who like talks to the people, like the outreach? Yeah,
1: I actually really, really enjoy that part of it. Yeah, Um, being in the cube and holding the footage is actually incredibly powerful because they actually wear masks,
0: and oh, you can't see the the person. You can't see the person. Oh, that's that's great. So then they don't feel as like weird about coming up to them, exactly. But
1: you get to watch their reactions and you get to see their eyes. And oh. what happens, and it's just it 's so incredibly powerful, and there are a lot of the parents that let their kids come up and see what happens right. and i 've stood there and just watched people with tears in their eyes. Oh my God. Um, but then, as an outreacher, you get to talk to people i 've held people while they're totally crying. Yeah. Um, we had one woman incredible, her and her husband and her baby at the time. And she would not stop crying when she was witnessing what was happening in the dairy industry. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: As a new mom who was breastfeeding and couldn't imagine being separated from her child.
0: Right.
1: And her husband pulled her away. He was like, That's it. I think we've had enough. And I felt horrible, and they came back three weeks later to the same spot and said we have been vegan ever since. Oh my
0: gosh! I'm and they're worried. still vegan
1: to this day. I'm yeah, dead, dead. I'm like, I, know, I mean, I know. just
0: uh, just thinking about it and the dairy industry, which I mean, all the industries, it's just it's so incredible. Once you once you learn, as you know, <laughs> obviously, about yeah. what happens, it's just like, how did I go that long? by not knowing about this, you know, know, because they hide it so well. I mean, it's just well, yeah, you go
1: to the grocery store and it's pretty much a pretty little package and you don't think about where it came from. And I really think, I mean, yes, there are some people out there that would probably still do it no matter what, but yeah, I think that people really just truly don't either think about it or they really don't know. Mm-hmm. And I really think that most people are good and they want to do better. And when they see what's happening, they are willing to make a change.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so I just love getting out there and speaking to people and you know, telling them like, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) You're not a bad person because you've been contributing to this. They do a great job of marketing. We just,
0: we don't know. We just didn't know. I know. I mean, I, I, I say as I feel like most people who are vegan will say, the only regret I have is not doing this sooner, but I'm not going to dwell on that because I had no clue. <laughs> like, exactly. You know? And I, exactly. I didn't know. And I mean, like growing up, I didn't really know anybody who was, I don't even know if I knew anybody who was vegetarian. I grew up in a small town in the South. Like if there was, you know, they certainly didn't talk about it, I guess. Um, I mean, now it is way more common. And, uh, you know, I think that kids probably today are or more, are certainly more exposed to it than I was, but, but I really, you know, saw those commercials of, and they still run those stupid commercials of cows oh frolicking in the green pastures. Like, Oh my gosh, please. I know they make me so mad. <laughs> I mean, and even if, you know, people will try to argue like, Oh, well, you know, they, uh, most cows are like, let's talk about like beef cows. They'll mm-hmm. say that, you know, I forgot what the percentage is, but a lot of them are raised on farms. And then they're sent to feed lots for the last three months or whatever. And I'm like, I mean, that just, whenever I'm in the countryside and I see cows in a pasture and I'm just like, oh, one day, you're gonna oh. off. I know. And then there's, there's a particular pasture that I pass every time I go home to see my mom, she lives about two hours away from me. And every time, whenever I don't see the cow, there's like a pond that like in the summer they swim in and, you know, and if i drive if i drive oh. by and i don't see them i'm like devastated i'm like are they yeah. are they just on the other side or somewhere else like or have they been sent to get murdered um yeah, oh
1: yeah. i know we actually have a pastor that i have to pass every single time i go to and from home yeah. and it's the same way and it's beautiful part of it is beautiful because they are out there with their babies yes. and they're eating grass and they're so happy but they have that transport truck sitting there mm-hmm. and I just wait every day for it to be, for it to be gone. And,
0: right. Same. Um, yeah. it's, heartbreaking. it's totally yes. heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. I would love, I mean, this is something that I is my next step is to, to get more involved. I mean, obviously like speaking out on social media or, um, and also like, I think when we, when you have, when you've had a health crisis and then you can use that as part of your story, you know, of, you know, I went plant-based vegan for all of these different reasons. It helped me with my health and also the moral and environmental. Um, I think it's more, it's, it's extra powerful, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: something that I've really um, bound to. It's just, There are a lot of people that, unfortunately, don't care about animals. Right. Um, I try to find something to talk to each person about that Mm. they really resonate with. So for some people, they really care about their health. So I will just stick to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people really care about the environment. So I will stick with that. And then other people, it is the animals. So Mm -hmm. having that health story to go back on is very powerful.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if somebody wanted to get more involved, like what do you, I mean, what advice would you give, you know? With activism or? Yeah. Yeah. With activism,
1: I think. Yeah. I think there are so many different ways to be an advocate, honestly, that Mm -hmm. you have to find what works for you. Um, There are tons of organizations all over the world that you can join. Anonymous for the Voiceless is a great one. Um, We unfortunately are not doing it in San Diego anymore, but they are all over the world. Um, And then there are also organizations like DXE. That's a little bit more in your face. They are way Um, in your face, but. They (sighs) are absolutely amazing. There are also things like going and attending vigils, which I don't know that I will ever be able to. I was going like, to ask you you if you had
0: done one of those. No, no. I mean, I, I try watching the footage. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like, I being there. I would like lose it. I think I would just be like on the ground in a ball. I don't know, or I would be like that person, like trying to free them <laughs> or something. Be like arrest me. I'm yeah. just going to set yeah. you all free. Mm -hmm. I had
1: a friend that went last year and I actually had like a little bit of a breakdown afterwards um, because I was watching her footage nonstop and they were showing the pigs, you know, in the trucks. Mm -hmm. for anybody that doesn't know, basically they go and they see the trucks, the the pigs in the trucks, in the transport trucks and they give them water and basically love before they enter the slaughterhouse. Mm -hmm. And I was watching her footage and I, I lost it and, for almost three days I couldn't do anything. I was just a basket case. Mm. And I realized that for me personally, I am very sensitive and I am such an empath that that kind of activism just isn't good for me because mm-hmm. if I'm in bed for three days, how can I help the animal? No. That's, That's not right. doing anybody any good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I really think um Posting food, posting facts. You do a great job. I think Aww, the things that you so. post are absolutely wonderful.
0: Aww, well, um, I, we're all our worst critics. I'm like, <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> no, I totally get it. But I think just for somebody that's brand new, starting out with things like that are awesome. Or sharing videos of happy animals and saying, hey, yeah. did you know that pigs are smarter than your dog? You know, sharing fun right. facts. Um, or sometimes even showing the awful videos
0: is very I know. I, know. I do well. that every now and then. And because there's some that I'm just like, I've got, like, this is just so extra. And I know that, you know, everybody is affected or is impacted by different things, right? Some people that will do it for them or it turns them away. I mean, but you never know. So I feel like doing a mixture oh sometimes.
1: <laughs> so I'm talking on my car and I just had a bird.
0: Like, oh my I'm gosh! Fly up, basically, and sit
1: on my lap. Oh, <laughs> so, oh my goodness! Okay. Ooh, sorry for the distraction there. <laughs> oh my gosh! This little baby crow, like.
0: Oh my gosh! Okay, he anyways, knows. He's like, you're a fan. <laughs> he's
1: like, you're a vegan.
0: <laughs> I love you. <laughs>
1: um, for anybody that is interested in just getting started and they have no idea, I can send you a link I have just an activism challenge that I'm not running anymore on my website, but it has a list of all the organizations that you can get involved in, yeah. um, and then just other ways that you can
0: advocate even from home. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, you can let me know that, and I will put it in the show notes. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So, um, yeah,
1: so something I, I realized after I had that little mini breakdown <laughs> after mm-hmm. watching that footage is... For me, I really want to be the person that helps people go vegan. Um, I think it's awesome to go out there and convince people to make the change. But for example, when we were doing the Cubes of Truth, you would get people to say, Yes, I want to go vegan. And then you hand them a card and you basically tell them to have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. And you may hear from them again. You may not. And I just realized that I really want to be that person that kind of holds their hand and helps them along the journey. Because if I had somebody like that when I had first made the transition years ago, I'm sure I would have
0: stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just having that support system is, I think, crucial because a lot of times people want to go vegan and maybe literally no one in their family is. <laughs> so like, who are they going to talk about it with? You know, like, exactly. if nobody they know is vegan, it's, I mean, you feel very lonely and then you might get ostracized and, and kind of lose sight of why you're doing it, whether it is for health or the animals. I mean, you know, you can easily fall off the wagon. Yeah.
1: Well, and it can be so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I think that it's an easy change to make once you get started, but it's, it's very overwhelming in the beginning. And you do hear all of the, what about protein? What about calcium? What about iron? What about being on, on a deserted island and needing to eat? You
0: know, <laughs> I mean, like.
1: That's the most so annoying names. one. Like,
0: come on, <laughs> people. I mean. I know. Yeah. 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 I mean, you'll hear it all. That's for sure. But I think. You absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, over time, like you said, it, it just gets easier and, and certainly having someone there to guide you and let you know, you know, hey, this is where you can get iron from <laughs> that is not an animal and calcium and all these things. And I mean, thank gosh for, you know, the internet and <laughs> um, YouTube and all of the things.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can't imagine if I had had that <laughs> when I was younger.
0: Yeah. And you have a YouTube channel. You have a ton of videos, girl.
1: I do. I Gosh. do. It's definitely a work in progress. Um, mm. But like I said, I know you. there are so many resources out there, but I just want a place for my clients to be able to go if they need Absolutely. inspiration for food or if they have questions about protein or, yeah. you know,
0: whatever it is. Right. So do you you take clients for – Do you do a program or what do you, what's your formula?
1: Yeah. So right now um, I'm doing two things that are really exciting. So there is a sanctuary here in San Diego called Farm Animal Refuge. Um, They're amazing. Check them out for sure. But we have teamed up together and we offer a completely free challenge every single month to anybody that follows them. Oh. Um, and it's literally a 30 day go vegan. It's called um, Kickstart to Compassionate Living. Love it. But it's 30 days, and we take you through every question that you could ever have about being vegan.
0: Oh my! Um, I love
1: that. And it's a really cool because what we do. So, for example, if we're covering dairy, we we go through dairy for like three days. But we talk about all of the alternatives. We talk about the health aspects of not eating dairy. But then also they share stories of their dairy cow and how mm-hmm. she's been rescued and where she came from. And it's very, very positive. Um, we've had about 150 to 200 people every single month oh, and it's completely free. And we do cooking demos and recipes and tofu Tuesdays and it's <laughs> just a really fun group for support. So I'm doing that every month. And then I also just started a monthly membership for people that want a little bit more, um, not privacy, but a little bit more accountability and support Mm -hmm. with less people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm doing those two right now. I really enjoy working with groups. Um, I love one-on-ones, but I want to impact as many people as possible in as little time, you know, as it takes to change the world. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you are doing it girl. Um, Thank you. I mean so much light, you know, sharing so much light and love. It's Thank amazing. You. Um, if you had to give like one, let's say, let's say two tips, two tips. Cause one is kind of hard. Okay. Two tips for someone who is transitioning to a vegan diet. What would they be? Oh, man. Two tips. Or you could do a couple. I may have three.
1: three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I think, first of all, you really have to know yourself. So some people can completely go vegan overnight, like cold (laughs) tofurkey, make the switch, and they stick with it for life. Other people it may need to go a little bit slower. So I find that with my clients who take a slower approach that they actually last with it longer as -hmm. opposed to somebody who just does it all overnight. My goal is to have everybody go vegan, but that may not happen all at one time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I would say, really consider that. But then from there, your first step should really be that you need to be very, very clear on your motivation for making the change. Mm -hmm. Because if you think that it's just a diet or you think that it's a, you know, a cool trend that you want to try, you are going to have cravings and you are going to have moments of weakness. And there's not going to be any reason to hold you back from diving into that ice cream. Mm -hmm. So Be very clear on whether you're doing it for the animals, for the planet, or for your health. And if you don't know, check out those books, check out documentaries, mm-hmm. you know, Earthlings, Dominion, Caspiracy, What the Health, Game Changers, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you know, take pictures of that, write it in your journal and post it everywhere. Post it on mm-hmm. your phone, post it on your refrigerator, post it on your closet, post it in mm-hmm. your bathroom. Etc. So when you do get that craving, you go, Oh, wait a minute, my cholesterol is really high and I'm sticking with this and I'm gonna eat the plant based burger instead of the real burger. You know? Yeah. So I think that that is really important. Be very clear on your why. Um, The second thing I would say is maybe start transitioning just with one thing at a time. Don't make it so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So for the first week, maybe switch your dairy milk to almond milk. And then the second week, transition your cheese. The third week, you can switch out your chicken, et cetera, et cetera, until you transitioned everything. Um, Another great way to do it is to say, this week I'm eating vegan breakfast. And then you don't worry about the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. The next week you add in vegan lunches. The next week you add in vegan dinners, you know, and then snacks and desserts and so on. Until your entire diet is vegan. And that may take a little bit longer than a week. If you need mm-hmm. to do vegan breakfast for a month before you add in lunches, that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, two more really fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I just forgot my next one. I was I say, Oh, pick your favorite recipes. Yes. So if your favorite recipe is mac and cheese, maybe switch that out and try a plant-based or vegan version of mac and cheese instead. Mm -hmm. you know switch Mm -hmm. out your burritos and maybe try some vegan carne instead of you know meat um and make it fun like don't stress about it don't make it overwhelming just enjoy yourself Mm -hmm. and then I would say the fourth thing would be to make sure that you have support So maybe you're trying it with a friend or a family member and you can do it together. If you don't know anybody in your area that you can transition with, there are so many groups online, Mm -hmm. Um, so many groups on Instagram and Facebook. I guarantee if you type in San Diego vegans, you're going to find a group that will support you.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, But then there are also meetup groups. And of course, there are awesome coaching programs that you can be a part of as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. I think those are like the perfect. Those are absolutely the perfect tips. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay, vegan! <laughs> Yay, vegan for the win! <laughs> I know, I know. What's your What's your favorite? Um, your v- favorite vegan book? Oh
1: gosh, that one is hard. There are so many. I know. You know, I actually think that I really like Proteinaholic. Um. By Dr. Oh, yeah.
0: I haven't read that one, but I know all oh, about it. Yeah,
1: it's good, and he is so down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says straight in the book, like, I wish that I could tell you that eating animal protein is good for you, but I just can't.
0: <laughs> Thank gosh.
1: He's very, very honest, and yeah. he says, you know, if the if the data changes, the evidence changes, I will tell you. But right, right now, this is where we stand. But for me. As somebody who has been about protein all of my
0: life, basically, mm-hmm. and
1: telling my clients about that, that was quite an eye-opening book. Yes. I highly
0: recommend that for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. My aunt, um, every time I see her at any holiday, like she wants to be vegan so bad, um, but my uncle is just – and I think that that definitely – is a a huge barrier for a lot of people is that there's if their spouse, you know, is like totally against it, but she's read that darn book, but she's, so the funny thing is she's read that book, but she's still will, will fix, it's still fixated on protein. I don't know what it is. I know. I know. I don't really know. I don't know what it is. I guess it's just, I don't know. It's just so ingrained. Deep seated. I I know. second we're Mm -hmm.
1: born, it's like, Protein, 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 calcium for milk, you know, milk does the body good, eat your chicken.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) And when I hear, like, I have so many friends right now who have kids, like, who are turning one or, you know, they're a couple years Mm -hmm. old or whatever, and just hearing them talk about, because I have several who are vegan and they've, they they haven't told, they've just been keeping it on the DL from their pediatricians. Uh, They don't have plant-based pediatricians, which would be nice if they did, but they don't. So they haven't told their pediatrician that they are plant-based vegan. (laughs) And so I know, which must be so hard. So they go in and just have to bite their tongue, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, the baby's, you know, 12 months old now or whatever. So you can start incorporating, you know, meat and da, 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 and all these things. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, why are you not telling him?
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, Or like one of them
0: was like super old school. And I think it was about the dairy that he just was like, what? You have to give them dairy. Like I've been doing this for 50 years. And it's like, well, yeah. And you haven't learned anything new, clearly, (laughs) like, (laughs) which the data, the science actually says that is bad for you. So yeah. So bad. No, but it breaks my heart, you know, because most people, like we've said, like they just do whatever their doctor tells them. So, anyways, um, I'm just going off on a tangent now, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I could go with you we'll I know, be here I all know. day. <laughs> we'll go on the tangent. Um, uh, it's just a crazy world. It is just a crazy, crazy world. But I know, I know. But I think it's changing. It's
1: it is unfortunately not as fast as we would like. I know. Um, but I think it. It's definitely making progress, and I yeah. just try to focus on all the positives that are (laughs) coming out of this movement.
0: I know. And like, I think, you know, I'm sure that you get this too, like, you know, getting messages from others or, and and obviously like watching your clients change or become healthier. Like I, a lot of my clients actually were already, um, trying to do plant-based vegan, but they were not doing it necessarily right, you know, and they were still mm. having trouble and, and also not incorporating kind of the holistic view, which, you know, the mind, body, spirit. So they were just focusing on food and not so much about all the other things that encompass, you know, healing. But um, yeah, just like getting messages from people being like, hey, I just want to let you know, I've been eating, you know, less meat and where I switched my dairy to, you know, oat milk or whatever. And I love it. And I'm just like, oh my God, like those messages make it all worth it. Whether it's one person or 10 people, like it makes me so freaking happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you change one person, it's
1: your job is done. I know. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. We have, we mostly have women that join these um, vegan challenge groups that we do every month. And we have women that come out. One of them I mean, they're all incredible, but one of them just started volunteering at a local sanctuary here. Actually, the sanctuary where I met my first cow that changed my life. Oh, (laughs) Faith. Faith, yeah. She's volunteering there once a week. And then she, her husband, who works at a steakhouse, has actually gone vegan. So (gasps) when he is at work, he orders portobello mushroom burgers from the place that's across the street. (laughs) Um, oh <laughs> it's just amazing. And then I have I another it. woman who she was afraid to join our group because she had all kinds of allergies and she just didn't know wow. how she could possibly go vegan when she was allergic to gluten and nuts oh. and etc. Nice. She is blowing me away. Not only has she completely gone vegan, but she started her own Instagram page <gasps> and her food I'm like, oh my gosh, it's out of this world. It is yeah. so beautiful. And so now she's inspiring other people to do the uh, same. And it's just the amazing. ripple effect is yeah. so incredibly powerful. So absolutely, yeah, for anybody listening, if you... Just touch one person and then they inspire one other person and they inspire another. It just goes on and on and on and on.
0: Absolutely. And soon
1: we will have a healthy and happy and more compassionate world. Oh, my gosh. I really hope.
0: (laughs) No, Me too. Less suffering, please. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Especially for our animal friends. I know.
0: I know. I want to have a little farm one day. I mean, I I wish I could have one now, but I live... Some, you know, more in the city. I mean, it's not like city, city, but, you know, it's not like L.A. or anything. Um, But one day maybe I can have some little rescue friends. It's a lot of work, though. I mean, and I, all the sanctuaries, half of the people that I follow on Instagram, I think, when I've scrolled through are basically sanctuaries. Um, And they always say, they always say, you know, like, this is a lot harder than, like, you don't see the the parts of... um, how difficult it is you know and trying to raise money yeah. and, oh gosh
1: oh i can't even imagine we one of the sanctuaries the same one that i met they that they take in a lot of um medical uh, cases oh. and a lot of senior animals who mm-hmm. they just want to give you know they want to give some and happiness love. to before they help yeah. them transition to the next place and it's yeah. It's absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, breaking yeah. seeing all the animals that she brings in who pass right. away, and I just cannot. They these people are absolutely angels. They for are all absolutely. the good that
0: they do, but 100%. it's a really, really hard job. I know, such a hard job. I I have so much uh, so much respect for the for them, you know. And you're talking about like yeah. being an empath. I mean, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard it's being really an empath. <laughs>
1: Um, It is. You just take it all on
0: for sure. I know. know. Well, if you
1: ever move to California, because I heard you mention that in one of your latest podcasts. Yeah, we were before Um, COVID.
0: We were, we were like on like set to move, but you know, craziness didn't seem like it this time. (laughs) We'll have to join forces and see what we can
1: do as far as rescuing the animals. (laughs) For
0: sure. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to put all of your info uh in the show notes um but you can just say it here where can people find you That's
1: perfect yeah i'm pretty much everywhere at happy healing vegan so healing without the g mm-hmm. um i spend a lot of time on instagram youtube i'm trying to get on pinterest and tiktok and Oh you're doing I'll- tiktok woo <laughs> you know i did it for about a week and then I couldn't handle all the social media. Oh, it's too, too many. You, got like, it. you, you can't do <laughs> them
0: all. Enough. I mean, oh my gosh. That oh, gives me know. anxiety. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> so I may get there at some point. Um, but right now, really just Instagram and YouTube. And then yeah. my blog is just happyhealingvegan.com.
0: Love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so oh much for coming on. This is so much fun. Thank you so much for having
1: me. I just I'm very inspired by you and I'm so grateful that you are part of this
0: movement. So, Aww. thank you for everything that you do. Likewise. Okay, doke. Well, until next time, peace and plans. All right. Bye guys. Bye. <laughs> bye. wasn't that just great? I absolutely loved chatting with April. She is so passionate, such an inspiration, and the plant-based vegan community is so lucky to have her. And I'm grateful to have gotten connected with her through through the interwebs, as I say. Um, as I said earlier, I will put all of her information in the show notes, her Happy Healing Vegan website, as well as information about her animal activism and how you can get involved in your own community, I implore you to research that and, you know, learn how to discuss with others this information because a lot of it, like we said, is unknown. There's a lot of marketing out there. They're trying to hide the truth and I know that if people learned what was really happening, they would be upset, and they would demand change. So you can watch Earthling Ed on YouTube the way he presents the information. He does such a really a really great job. We uh, referenced him earlier. But just explore different techniques and learn all of the reasons. I think learning, And educating yourself on why this is important and also what happens um, to the animals, why it's healthier for us, and having that knowledge to discuss with others, obviously you feel more confident and more comfortable. So um, with that being said, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I am eternally grateful for each and every one of you. And I am grateful and thankful for this podcast and the voice that it's, that it's given me um, and all of the people that I have been able to connect with through, through each and every episode. So thank you so much. And until next time, my beautiful, lovely friends, peace and plants.